Welcome to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. We hope you enjoy the upcoming podcast and hope this time is empowering, inspiring, and helpful as you pursue the dream God has put in your heart. The participants of this podcast are not attorneys, and this recording is not to be considered legal advice. Please contact your local attorney's office where needed. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for the uh, Star Trek podcast called Beyond the Call. And this is really our podcast is the uh, place where we try to get leaders' voices into other leaders' ears so they can hear what's going on. And I've got a great privilege today that I've got Mac Lake in the house with us uh, on the podcast. Mac, thanks for being with us. Oh, man, it's such a joy. I haven't talked to you for a while, so it's been great. Uh, I've been looking forward to hanging out with you today. Uh us too, man. You know, uh, for people that don't know Mac, kind of tell them real quickly, I've known you for a while and I know your work with leaders and the things you're doing, but let's kind of scope out a bit. For people that don't know Mac Lake and they don't know Multiply Group, give us a little background. How'd you get, what role do you fill? How'd you get there? Yeah, uh, I started my own company back in uh, October of 2019 called Multiply Group. Um, what we do is we try to help leaders multiply their impact on their teams by teaching them a, a specific leadership system. Uh, we help them multiply leaders in their church by helping them build out an intentional leadership development strategy. And we help them multiply their churches by helping them build out a, a, a written strategic plan, detailed strategic plan for how their church can plant churches. And so I love multiplication my whole yeah. life. I'm pretty much committed to that. So I uh, decided to start my own thing called that's, that's great. Well, tell, tell us, you know, why is leadership still such a struggle, right? Where it still seems like there's always this need for more leaders or there's need for leaders off the bench. Why do you think that's such a big need still? Yeah, you know, it's fascinating because Leadership Network did a survey a decade ago. And uh, what they did, they, they surveyed thousands of churches and the, they asked them, what is your number one need? Okay, the number one need, this was a decade ago, the number one need in churches of all sizes came back leadership development. Right. Now, what's fascinating is LN did the same study a decade later. Guess what the number one problem is? Leadership. Leadership development again. That's amazing. It's a decade without the ball moving. We've not yeah. moved the needle at all. And here's why I, th I think it is. Um, uh, the United States is the most leadership-rich content nation in the world. We have more books on leadership, more podcasts on leadership, more yeah. articles and blogs, free access, webinars. We have more content on leadership, but yet leadership development's the number one problem. So here's what it tells me, that content is not the solution to America's leadership development yeah, that's good. process is. And that's what my books are about. It's, it's about how do you, to really boil it down, how do we get back to discipling leaders? Yeah, that's great. Dumping information on leaders. So you just mentioned uh, you're an author. A lot of people don't know that. I'm sure actually a bunch do have read your books. Talk about the multiplication effect, your newest book. What's the message there? Why did you feel compelled to write it? Yeah, the, the message is... Uh, uh, <laughs> How, how you can have an intentional leadership development strategy that works. Right. So I talk to pastors and, and I say, hey, what's your leadership development strategy? I only get one of two answers. The majority of them look at me and go, leadership development strategy? We don't have one. Sure. 
Yeah. And then the other, the other small percentage that they look at me and they go, uh, leadership development strategy. Well, yeah, Mac, you got to understand ours is organic. Yeah. They don't have one. Yeah. What the book does, it walks you through a, a process so that you can articulate your leadership development strategy customized to your church. You can articulate it in 30 seconds or less. So great. What your leadership development strategy is. And it's addressing the biggest need, right? I mean, that's what LN was coming up and saying, hey, you need leadership. I love what you said. It's not content, right? Where we get content and out, you really need a structure and a strategy. It's like having beans, but not a lattice for it to grow on and nothing really happens. Yeah. So multiple, the multiplication effect book teaches you how to build a leadership pipeline. And then the discipling leader series is the content for that pipeline. Yeah, that's good. So uh, so, for example, leading others and leading leaders. I've only got two of those complete right now. I'm working on the others, but um, but it is a discipleship material for leaders in your church. So I said process is the missing piece. These books are designed for you to apprentice two to three leaders at a time. That's it. So great. When somebody buys more than four books, I go, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Only use it with one, two, or three people at the most because you are discipling them in leadership. Now, see, I think that's the secret sauce. I think, you know, you, what do they say? You reproduce who you are, right? Not what you know, but who you are. I think because many leaders have never been discipled in leadership, they don't know how to replicate. They don't have anything to, to reproduce other than stuff they've read. And um, what you're talking about is replicating so that maybe a generation from now, so many people have been actually discipled in leadership. They've got traction. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes when you ask somebody, what's your leadership development strategy, they will tell you, I, I, I do have some people say, uh, I do, you watch, you do, I watch, you know, sure. and I go, okay, that's good. Is it working for you? Yeah. And they'll go, well, not really. I'm yeah. not. And, and there's one reason why I'm not, I'm not against that system because it is an apprenticing system. Sure. Here's the question. When I do you watch, what are you watching for? Yeah, that's great. So I, I, I was meeting with a student pastor uh, yesterday, coaching him, and we're in the midst of this COVID-19 thing, and he's having to do all his services online. And I was asking him how he was utilizing his volunteers, and he said, well, he said, I, I put a guy in. Uh, he said, I let a guy uh, do the gospel presentation at the end of this online service the other day. Mm -hmm. And I said, how'd he do? He said, and not so good. I said, how did you train him? Well, I called him on Wednesday and asked him to do it. <laughs> Go get people saved. <laughs> I said, we're going to use this as a case study. Let's back up. Yeah. You call him on Wednesday. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to say, hey, let me give you five. I want you to do this. You're going to watch me do it this Sunday. But there are five things I want you to look for. I want you to watch how I present the gospel with, with clarity. I want you to watch how I use specific Bible passages that, that tell the gospel. I want you to watch me share a personal testimony about how Jesus changed my life. I want you to watch me give them a specific next step to take. And I want you to watch me share it with passion. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Now watch me do that. And after I do it, we're going to circle up for 10 minutes and I'm going to ask you four questions. What did you see me do? Well, what would you do different? What questions do you have? And what did you learn today? Now, yeah, so good. next week, he does it. 
and you ask those very same questions of him, now it's I do, you watch, but they're watching for specific things. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's great. Uh, and, and having that predetermined on what you're looking for, it gives both of you, both them a target and you a, a, a diagnostic tool, if you will. That's why in the, in the leading, uh, in the Discipling Leaders book series, each competency has five proficiencies. So for example, navigating conflict. Well, what do we know? What does navigating conflict look like? What am yeah. I watching you do? Well, it's got spelled out five ways that navigating conflict is demonstrated. Wow. They assess themselves on that. You assess them on it. And then you go through this process where they read, learn, practice, discuss. Yeah. Now you're actually discipling them versus sitting them in a classroom and lecturing to them about the five keys to navigating conflict. They leave. You hope they get it. You yeah. feel good because you said it, but you never test. This is a problem in the church. We never test for comprehension or competency after leadership development. Yeah, that's really good. Mac, talk to me about the last word in the title here is effect. What is the multiplication effect? What's that look like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, that's a great question. And so most pastors are doers. And when I go in to work with a church and I help them build out their leadership pipeline, I'm working them through this process, it becomes very evident that they, are, that they spend their time doing the work of the ministry. We know from Ephesians 4 that we are supposed to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so we're supposed to be developers. But really, I push staff members beyond that. I say, hey, your job, if you're on staff at a church, your job is not just to develop leaders. Your job is to develop developers. Mm, that's good. So when you make, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you make leadership development intentional, you can make it reproducible, and then it becomes unstoppable. Mm -hmm. So I saw this when I worked for the North American Mission Board. So I created a church plant training. I created a training process for the trainers. Because I told them the key to success is training the trainers, not necessarily training the church planters. Right. I'm training the trainers. So we had a train, train the trainer process. I trained some trainers. And then I trained some master trainers. And then we trained some what we call professional level trainers. And now, Nathan, it's crazy. I mean, we, that was years ago. Now I get messages from church planters who say, thank you so much for your training. It's really helped me. So-and-so was my trainer. I have no clue who the trainer was. I've wow. never, so-and-so was his trainer. I've never even met them. Mm -hmm. So, the, it, a multiplication effect comes when you commit yourself to being a developer of developers. Paul told Timothy, the things that I've entrusted you give to reliable men who will equip others also. What Paul was telling Timothy is, I want you to develop for generations. Mm -hmm. Build a culture of leadership development. Don't just develop for today's need, develop for tomorrow's vision. So I would always tell my master trainers, I would always tell guys, tell me who are your three, who are the three people you're raising up? Who are you reproducing yourself in? And because when you make leadership development re easily reproducible, and that's what the discipling leader series is for. You can hand it to somebody, take them through it. Guess what? Now they can take somebody else through it. Now you have this effect 
that leadership development becomes unstoppable. Mm, so good. And there's so many people that aren't actualized in their leadership. You see such a small portion of people, the pros, leading in these huge organizations, right? And there's this huge untapped potential. And I think what I love about your stuff is it's actually a, a clear plan on how to get them off the bench and into the game, you know? I was working with this big church and, and uh, they asked me to speak to all their leaders. So they brought uh, 300 lay leaders together. <clears throat> and I got permission from the church to do this. At the end of my talk, I, we had a three by five card uh, uh, in front of everybody's table. At the end of the talk, I said, all right, guys, I want you to do me a favor. I'm just doing a little personal survey here, okay? I want to ask you to take one of those cards, put your name on it in your area of ministry and where you leave. And I want you to write one word. Are, are you willing to recruit, uh, uh, identify and recruit a new leader? Are you, a uh, are you willing to encourage an existing leader? Or are you willing to train a new leader? You can only choose one, okay? Mm -hmm. Identify, encourage, or train somebody new. You can only choose one, and you have to truly be willing to do that. Write that on there. So everybody did it. And uh, that night, I went back to my hotel, and I put the cards in three stacks. The next morning, I stood in front of the staff, and I had a very large stack of cards, a medium size, and a very small size. Mm -hmm. Asked the staff, I said, what do you think the largest stack is? They said, encourage. I said, what do you think the medium is? Recruit. What do you think the small stack is? Train. It was the exact opposite. No way. People, lay leaders want to reproduce themselves. Wow. At our church, I was training a children's leader, one of our best children's leaders, how to reproduce herself. I gave her five training modules. We gave her a couple of people said, start training these people. She came to me a few weeks later and said, you know what? I've been serving in this role for about eight years. I was getting ready to quit because I was getting bored. Now that I'm training others, I'm re-energized. So good. You know, untapped potential. And here's why this is so important. Sorry, but this is why it's so important. Leaders who train leaders become better leaders. Think about this. Leaders who train leaders become better leaders. Why in the world would I not empower my, some of my lay leaders to begin to equip other leaders mm -hmm. by doing so? So if I say, hey, here's this book, uh, uh, Leading Leaders. I want you to take two people through it this semester and teach them these six competencies. Take two more people through the next semester. Take one person through next semester. Take three people through the next semester. Guess who's becoming a better leader? Yeah. <laughs> that existing leader because he's re-exposing himself or herself to those six competencies again and again and again. I think there's actually a spiritual reality there too. You know, the Bible says that we should have rivers of living water flowing out of us. It's my personal belief that I think people stop giving away what they have, and it's like the river gets dammed up. And it's as soon as I give away whatever I have that God says, oh, I can get stuff through this person that I'm giving them something new to get through them. And I think that's what you're tapping into is giving away what you got. All of a sudden you've got room for something new and you're on board and you're re-stimulated for the ministry. That is so good. I love the way you put that. That is so good. Yes. As you teach, I've discovered this, the more, how many times have you done this? You're teaching somebody something, you're processing something with somebody, you're giving away what you know when all of a sudden this new insight comes. Absolutely. Absolutely. You ever hear yourself say something? You're like, whoa, that's really good. <laughs> you write that down. <laughs> yeah. 
and it's not pre-study. You know, again, just making room for some fresh grace in that area in your life, I think is huge. I want to um, kind of shift gears a little bit here, Mac, in, in some of our, our last moments here. You've seen a lot of leaders, talk to a lot of leaders. Obviously, at the at time of this recording, it's April 30th. We're in a, a lockdown global pandemic. And if, when people are listening to this a year from now, these are different times that we're leading in. As you talk to leaders real quick, scope out for me, what have you seen leaders do right? And what do you think leaders will wish they did different through this process? Yeah. So one thing I see some leaders doing right is they're not letting the anxiety cause them to miss the opportunity. There are some leaders who are letting the anxiety overwhelm them and they're, they don't even see the opportunity. So that, that's one thing I see. see some. Yeah. Second, I see these leaders asking the question, what if, mm. what if, and they begin to innovate and they begin to dream. We're not changing the mission. We're not changing the vision, but we may be changing the approach to get there. Yeah. So, which I think I heard Rick Warren say one time when the speed of the change of cult, when, when the speed of cultural change in the country is faster than the speed of cultural change in the church, you will quickly become irrelevant. Yep. So I think what's ha happening is God is saying, hey, let's leverage this to force the church to innovate, to force their church. And here's the big thing I've been pushing guys on. It's this. For years we have, in America, we have complained that our, the people sitting in our pews are spectators and they're consumers. Yeah. Well, guess what? They've redefined church. I, I mean, they, they've defined church the wrong way way and that's why they're spectators you know and and just consumers right now what happens is we're facing this crisis and whenever you have crisis it's opportunity to redefine culture absolutely it's it's opportunity to bring clarity i think one of the major messages that pastors need to be teaching today is what is church what is church? You are church. Church is not a building. Church is not a weekend service. You are church. And now we can train them to be participants, to mobilize them. I love seeing the churches in the midst of this crisis who are mobilizing their people. I've, I've talked to a church the other day. She called me. She said, Mac, our leadership pipeline is working. Our coaches are mobilizing leaders. And the leadership pipeline helps you not be staff dependent. When you are staff dependent, you will create a consumer mentality in your church. Yeah, that is so good. You know, I'm, I'm seeing the same thing. I, I love that you said that. There, I think there's people that are going to come out of this so much better. I just wrote a blog um, that I called The Gift of the Crisis. And listen, I, I completely sympathize people that are dealing with that. I've got friends that are dealing with the, with the virus and everything, not making light of that, saying if I do look out, though, that the church has a, a moment here, there's a gift in this crisis of rethinking. So I, I planted a church several years ago, turned it over to a great pastor. They're doing great. I asked him, how has this been? He goes, we're, we're doing great. Our influence, we have people watching from other states, from other countries. You know, they've got phone lines where they're taking prayer requests. Like they are doing great because the guy said, how do we get to yes? You know, we're called to do ministry. Well, how do we get to yes? We're doing ministry. They reinvented and they're doing great. Yeah. I just think that's amazing. Here's the, here's the thing I think, uh, and I know we're running out of time. But you said a year from now, you know, yeah. you're, um, I think in this season of crisis, when we're in lockdown and we're not allowed to meet, yeah. 
we're, we have to watch what is our level of engagement, how, what degree of people engaging with us as a church as a whole, how's our level of community doing, are people meeting in smaller groups and connecting that way, and then what is our, what is our level of service? So engagement, community, and service are things, things you need to keep your eye on, okay? Now, here's what's going to happen. This crisis is going to accelerate the death rate of some churches. Mm, that's right. Going to accelerate the declining the uh, decline rate of some churches. It's going to accelerate the addition of some churches. Some churches are going to grow because of this. But here's the thing: I'm really challenging pastors on. How can it accelerate your multiplication? So good. Don't think addition. Think multiplication. So a year from now, somebody's listening to this. The thing I would look for is, hey, did we seize the opportunity to? multiply through this? Did we identify some church, potential church planters through this? Did we identify some house churches that we could capitalize on? Did we find some micro sites that we could start because yeah. of this? You know, how can we leverage this for multiplication? Who are the leaders that are stepping up and emerging through this? We, we can't miss that. So this is a season, you know, whenever there was crisis in the scripture, it led to the spread of the gospel. So good. Mac, it is always good. To, now my listeners know why it's so good to talk to you. Mac is just full of just leadership insight and passion for it. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I'd love to call this volume one. Can we do volume two another time? That'd be great. That'd be great. Well, hey, how can people get a hold? They really need to check out the book. Where can they get that? Find out more about Multiply Group. Yeah, multiplygroup.org. Uh, multiplygroup.org. It uh, tells you all about our services, our leadership co uh, cohorts, our leadership pipeline training, uh, the Multiplying Church Workshop, uh, and all the various books. And because I'm in lockdown right now, uh, <laughs> uh, all my travel has been closed down. Yeah. We are creating five new products that uh, uh, I, I told my team, I said, all right, guys, it's the, it's the uh, Wartime Defense Act. All right. So what's happened is we can no longer, I'm off the road. I, I, you know, I'm, I've been shut down from working with churches as much as I was. Yeah. And I was, I was in isolation. I said, God, why? And God said, it's because I need to set you over here for a season. I want you to create weapons for the war. So in this season, awesome. God's given me five, five new things I'm working on weapons to help disciple leaders in the church. And so, so to emerge out of this with some new weapons that the local church can use to disciple leaders and more effectively accomplish their mission. That's so great. You, if you're listening to this, you want to check out multiplygroup.org. Mac, thanks so much for being with us. Until next time, we appreciate it. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, please give us a call at 844 641 5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.